Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Tyler Dornboss. He's the founder and CEO at Well Designed Studio and Featherlight. Tyler, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's lovely to be here. Yeah, excited to have you. So, Tyler, why don't you start and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I, uh, I've i been in the kind of creative industry for a really long time. It's like 20 years now. Uh, I started my first business when I was in college. I was working at um, Grand Valley State University here in West Michigan. And uh, I realized at some point that I could get paid 10 bucks an hour to work for them or take those skills and start my own company. And so I did the latter. Um, and I really haven't looked back. And a few uh, firms later, we're now running with uh, the two that you mentioned and um, kind of expanding into some new areas as well, which is super exciting. That's fantastic. So why don't you tell me a little bit more about, you know, what Well Design Studio does? Sure. So Well is a, uh, is a full service creative studio that is focused primarily on what we call the doing good market. And it's uh, primarily nonprofits, foundations, it's uh, kind of corporate departments focused on sustainability, corporate responsibility, et cetera. Um, it's about 80-ish, 85% of our business kind of fits within that. And then we have a handful of uh, corporate clients that are non-related just to keep us sharp and keep things interesting. Because uh, if you do the same thing all the time, you're going to get bored. Um, but it was, uh, you know, it's it's kind of the the perfect, um, the perfect business in part because we get to work with clients whose missions we believe in and we get to be really, we're big enough now that we get to be selective with them as well. It's not like we have to take absolutely everybody that comes in. Um, and we can be picky about, are they a good fit for our values? Uh, primarily because, you know, one way or the other, we're helping them accomplish their mission. Uh, and if their mission doesn't align with our values, then, you know, we, we try to kind of steer them in other directions, but we've got just an awesome spate of clients in, you know, the environmental, social justice, economic justice, foundation sector, philanthropy. Um, and, and they're, yeah, they're all wonderful to work with. We feel super privileged to be able to do it. That's fantastic. And I love that, you know, statement of doing good and making sure that your clients align with, with those values. I think, you know, that's a, that's a strong, you know, shows strong company. Yeah, it's definitely, like I said, it's a, it's a real privilege to be able to do it after it'll be our ninth anniversary this coming January, um, which is really fun. And, uh, but it is really a privilege to be able to do it. Um, you know, it, it wasn't always 100% that way when you're starting out and you're fighting for every bit of business. But, you know, you have those handful of clients early on that give you a chance um, and we really haven't looked back and have grown it to a point where, yeah, now we can really be sure that everyone is like a great value fit with us. Yeah. And, you know, hot take, maybe not a hot take, but navigating, you know, um, nonprofits can be difficult, right? Absolutely. Um, I think that we, we started the business in part because we saw that difficulty, my uh, my partner and I, uh, or one of my partners and I, Josh, uh, who founded the company with me, um, he had worked for a time as the communications director at the West Michigan Environmental Action Council. Um, and when he came out of it, he realized two things. One of them was that he was unemployable and he needed to go back to running his own company and kind of came, we got the band back together. Um, and the other one was that 
was that uh, nonprofits need all of the things that for-profits need. They need the great branding, they need the great marketing, they need a great website. You know, all of those things are, they're just the cost of doing business for a nonprofit. But the challenge is that everybody looks at it as if it's sort of a non-starter as a market. You know, it's, they get pro bono or they get grant funded. You know, it's these things that are, you know, if you're pro bono, that's cool, but like, you're always going to be last on the list for the agency that you're working with. And chances are they might never get done with the things that they're working on for you. And that's just the way it is. You, you don't really have any recourse on it. Um, but we saw an opportunity to, you know, look at it and say, well, they need all the things that for-profits need. They have funding available. They're willing to, you know, invest in these things with us. Um, you know, why don't we start a firm that starts working? And actually our first client was Josh's former employers at the Action Council. Um, and, uh, but from there, we've grown this great group of kind of these doing good clients. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of a non-obvious market. You know, everyone wants to be or at least a lot of people that I talk to, you know, they they want to do, you know, one of two things. They want to be a rounding error on a Fortune 500's balance sheet and just go, yeah, they throw us five million bucks a year and they don't even notice. Uh, or they want to be working in markets that are highly saturated because everybody wants to work in them. And I was I was talking to my little brother. He's uh, he's 20. He's my very, very little brother. I'm 20 years older than he is. Uh, and uh, he was talking to me the other day and he was, he's in social media and he's starting his own consultancy. He's got a few clients and they're not particularly sexy, but they're great and they love him and he does good work for him. And he was like, yeah, I just want to expand what I'm doing. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. Like, where are you thinking about heading? You got these great clients in this sector. You got some great ones in this sector. He's like, yeah, I'm thinking like, you're right around my passions, you know? And I was like, okay, cool. Like, he's like, I love cars. I love motorcycles. I love coffee. I love food. And I was like, you and every other 21 year old in the world, my man, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's the unsexy stuff that can really be the great markets where there's tons of value that you can add. And there's a huge amount of good that you can do for the people in the market and the companies in the market, the organizations. Um, and I, there's something about that, that I really love that like these, these folks that don't get the love often that they deserve um, and who are really working harder than anybody in corporate that I know because they're really mission driven in a, in a way that corporate isn't. And I think too, they really have to fight for, you know, everything that they get, you know, whether it be the, the budget, the funding, but like you said, it's a non-obvious market. It is. And, and, you know, that fight is even deeper than most people realize. There's this idea that like, when it comes to nonprofits, you can't grow the pie. Right. And so Americans on average give, you know, kind of as a percentage of GDP, like 3% to nonprofits, you know, to fund various missions, et cetera. And you have things like Charity Navigator and, and that sort of thing that rate nonprofits on how much of that funding goes to their core mission. And to me, you know, not to knock Charity Navigator, because I think that they do good work, but it gives this impression that you can never make that pie any bigger. It's always going to be that 3%. So if I'm a nonprofit and I've got a $5 million budget a year and I spend 95% of that directly on my programs and mission, I get a five-star rating from Charity Navigator. Everybody thinks we're great. I get interviews, yada, yada. But if I spend 70% on the mission, I get dinged for that, right? Because there's not that idea that like, hey, I can take that 30% and I can grow that pie overall. So I can go from five to 10 million. And it's like, it's a really sort of like a negative incentive. 
to not spend money where you can sort of make money from it. We know in the business world that you've, you know, the adage, of course, you got to spend money to make money and nowhere is that truer than marketing and advertising. If you're the, you know, the environmental action council for your area and nobody knows you exist, well, you're never going to go from zero to anything. You have to be out there. And, and that's what we try to, that's what we try to kind of work against is that idea that, you know, you just, you can never grow that pie, it, but it, it is a real challenge. It's so ingrained in the culture around nonprofits. And I think, you know, I, I don't want to misquote this, but I believe it was Gary Vee that said, you know, if you're not creating content and you don't have an online presence, you essentially don't exist online. That's absolutely true. And that's, you know, we, we do websites as part of what we do. And it's why we started our other company as well. The, you mentioned Featherlight, you know, we do these like super affordable, totally managed uh, nonprofit and small business websites. Cause you know, we're, we're a full service agency. And while we're not like, you know, crazy top five expensive. Uh, we are we're reasonably priced. And, you know, the amount of people that come to us and like, hey, got this great small business idea. I'm super passionate, super excited about it. And I'm like, sweet. Yeah, let me get you, uh, you know, a proposal. And they look at it and go, are you out of your mind? Like, I'm just starting this business. And uh, so we, we created that for them. But, you know, because you really do, like, we look at it as it's the hub of all of your communications. Everything goes there. Doesn't matter if somebody's finding you on social. It doesn't matter if they're finding you on Google My Business, from advertising, name a thing. If you have a multi-channel communication strategy, it's all ending up in one place. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, having the branding and design, the marketing, you know, and the and the web portions as well. And, you know, there are other companies that, you know, focus on that as well. So, you know, talking about doing good, you know, having that mission driven, you know, client approach. Do you think that's one of the ways that, um, you know, you are really well designed is able to really stand out from its competition? Yeah, I mean, we're not like, all things considered, we're not a huge firm by any stretch. You know, we've got 15 people on the team and we're, you know, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, not exactly the like beating heart of the advertising and marketing industry. Um, but we've really carved out a niche and built a brand for ourselves, which, you know, kind of in our region, we're really well known as the firm that does what we do with this doing good market and that does really excellent work and is trusted in those areas. And, you know, to a point too, where people understand what our values are as a group, and we attract mission driven people who share our values to come and work for us. So they're really passionate and motivated to do what we do. Um, but also that potential clients and prospects who maybe don't align with our values. We have a reputation for having a certain set of what we'll call kind of progressive values. And we don't really see inquiries from folks that don't fit that. We kind of are known for that in part and are, are rather vocal about it. Um, but I think that, yeah, I think that it is an area, you know, that the I remember corny business podcast sort of, you know, thing that I was listening to and the guy's like, the riches are in the niches, my man. Uh, and it's like, it's oh, one of those things that I say that all the time in the shop as a joke. My partners are always like, blah, that's awful. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, but it's true. Like we proved it. You know? <laughs> That's great. And, you know, to your point of, um, you know, talking about growth, Tyler, you are, you know, the founder and the CEO. Talk to me a little bit about what that growth has looked like over, you know, the past, I think you said, what, 15 years? Uh, so nine years. So we're, nine. we're celebrating our ninth anniversary, but I've been doing this, running my own thing for, for like 20. Um, yeah. 
but uh, or just about 20. Um, so we had started out, um, I was just kind of doing freelancing. Um, and when Josh, my uh, other founding partner, left the Environmental Action Council and decided he wanted to do the you know entrepreneur thing again, um, we got the band back together along with one of his interns uh, from uh, from the Action Council, who actually now is our youngest partner um, and is absolutely amazing. Uh, just an incredible, incredible creative, a like someone who's growing into like a person who I'm like, I can see you being the president of this thing, you know, as we continue to grow. He's, a, he's amazing. Um, and uh, so it was that, but it was us three, you know, we we wound up giving him a little equity because we barely afford to pay him, you know, and um, it was it was one of those things that, uh, you know, it was it was lean and we were super hungry and, you know, it wound up just being a like organic growth using some of the connections that Josh had from the nonprofit industry and having this really sort of laser focus on that industry. Um, and we we had sort of a like a doubling each year, you know, and um, we have, we've slowed down a little bit since then, obviously, as you're adding, you know, millions rather than thousands, it becomes a little harder to, you know, do that double each year. And I'm not sure I'd want to do it. That doesn't sound like very much fun. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think the other thing that's really grown along with it and the other stuff that has become really important is growing how we approach the business as business owners and as employers. And so like just as important for us as growing the revenue and growing the margins and, and growing the size and scope of the work that we do is growing the way that we approach how people work for us, what they do, how they're treated, et cetera. And so growing our benefits to being kind of best in class benefits for folks offering eight weeks of paid leave and, you know, all those things that nobody else in our industry really does. It's known as an industry that really like burns people out, churns through them. I remember watching, do you remember from like 2010, there was this really outstanding documentary called Art and Copy. And yeah. it was about, it's great. If you, by the way, listeners, if you haven't watched it, it's so good about the advertising industry. And they, one of my favorite firms is Whedon Kennedy and, you know, name a person in advertising who doesn't love them. But I remember they were interviewing, um, I believe it was Whedon and he was walking through the office and there's all these people kind of heads down at their workstations doing their thing. And he looks at the camera and he goes, the elves don't go home at five o'clock. You should see what this place looks like at 3 a.m. And I heard that. And I remember the first time here, I was like, that's messed up. <laughs> like, yeah. Nobody should be doing that. That's so screwed up. But our industry has that, that reputation and, and deservedly so. And so for us, it's like, you know, I, I mentioned to you before the call that we were having one of those weeks where we're cranking and we've got tons of stuff going out. And it's been a super busy week. And I'm, you know, running on, a few hours of sleep here, as sometimes you do, uh, and uh, not good for you. I'm not bragging. I think that's bullshit when people brag about that. I'm just saying it happens. Uh, it sucks when it does. And uh, but uh, but it is one of those things where um, it is one of those things where we've really made a conscious effort to grow the kind of grow the goodness of the firm alongside grow sort of the traditional metrics that you measure. Um, and for us, that's just as important. And every year we've been able to add size and add scope, but we've also been able to add more benefits, more time off, you know, the ability for people to like have a little bit more control over their own lives and have a little more say in how we run things. So that's really important for me too. 
Yeah. And I think that goes back to the, you know, pulling back the, you know, one of the first things that you said to us is, you know, doing good. So not only doing good by your clients, but you're also doing good, you know, by your employees. We're certainly trying. And, you know, we just, I've worked in places where they just, you know, they work you to the bone. I, I remember driving to one that shall remain nameless and thinking, if I put my car in the ditch, I get three days off. And I was like, I got to work that day. And I was like, well, we didn't go in the ditch. And this is the worst job and I'm leaving tomorrow. And, uh, but that's like, I never want someone to feel that way. And like, we like any firm, like we have, you know, we have challenges, we have conflicts, you know, interpersonal conflicts, we have, you know, we make mistakes, because we're like, yeah, it's, we're figuring this out, you know, kind of like building a plane on the way off the cliff, of course, like everybody who's an entrepreneur is. Um, but it's, it's, we're getting less and less of that, like the drama, the mistakes. And I will say part of that is down to, to hiring our fabulous COO, Allie. Uh, uh, so shout out to Allie Miller, who's fantastic. She was going to be on the call today and couldn't made it. Um, but, uh, you know, that's also the other thing that if anybody listening is starting to grow a business, um, we hired Allie and it completely changed the color of what we do and how we do it and brought somebody in for that kind of COO operations director type person. Um, and it, it is, it's worth the investment. Uh, so for founders out there, if you're looking at that and you're kind of like, what do I do next? And you're feeling like I'm, I'm doing everything. I'm constantly running as fast as I can to keep up that operations person will change your life. So do it. So, you know, I've met Allie, you know, on our previous call and she's absolutely lovely, but what do you think it is about Allie that has made her successful working in well? Like, what would you say when you're looking as, as in, as the founder and CEO, what is it that you're really looking for to make someone successful in that role? Yeah, I think that in Allie's role on the operations side and being the kind of like head of operations, for us, it's somebody who is one constantly motivated to tweak and test and try somebody who's always sort of identifying the small things that we can do in the short term, and then adding those up into the big changes in the aggregate. That's huge. Um, she's also she's tough, which, which is when you're an ops, that's like, you've got to be tough, you know, like you're dealing with people, you're dealing with process, you're dealing with pushback. And like, all of those things are like, you just have to be kind of tough as nails. And, and Allie is, in spite of the fact that she's one of the nicest people I've ever met, but like in her ops role, she is like, she's firm and like, and she's, the thing is too, she's also fearless, which I feel like is so key. She's like with me and our partners, like she holds us accountable. And like, we, we, when you're the founder of the company, like you have the option to just kind of like, yep, I'll get to that. Yep, I'll get to that. Yep, I'll get to that. You know, and you never quite do. And she like, she holds our feet to the fire because she is that like fearless person who knows that she probably knows better than we do most of the time. Um, but I think that those things that like fearlessness, but also that like the ability to see the detail, but also to see what the details become in aggregate is so, so key for that operations person. Hmm, that's brilliant. I think that's fantastic. Well, you know, Tyler, I think this has been a great conversation. You know, we, we took a little bit of a, of a turn. <laughs> Shout out, Allie. Um, but anyway, so as we start to wrap up, you know, our, our podcast today, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with, you know, either about well, about about Featherlight, anything you want to leave our listeners with? Um, I think that, uh, you know, you've got a lot of people who listen to this, who I'm sure are entrepreneurs who are doing their own thing and are killing themselves to do it. Um, take it from somebody who is starting to get 
to an age where killing oneself is no longer physically possible, uh, it's simply not worth it. There are so many better things in life than all of the like things that you see in success porn and all of the hustle culture nonsense that you get everywhere. Um, just take a minute, step back, look at what you're doing to the people that work for you and with you and what you're doing to yourself and really ask yourself if that's where you should be and if you're heading in the right direction. I had my son, uh, my youngest uh, child, my son Ezra was born with a congenital heart condition in 2016 and it forced me to reassess absolutely everything. And I, while I would give literally anything for him not to have the condition, it also is, in, I'm massively grateful for the perspective shift that caused in me, but also in my partners and the folks that we work with because I have no choice. I have to be gone. I have to manage these things. Um, so uh, yeah, parting thought is all of the things that you think are important probably really aren't. Uh, and, you know, being on Forbes 30 under 30 is a, you know, who cares? Uh, just try to focus on the things that are great. Have, have, ooh, almost dropped the F-bomb. Have hobbies. Uh, <laughs> so I'm no four around the shop. People are like, oh, that is salty. Uh, <laughs> But uh, have hobbies, like hobbies that have absolutely no economic counterpart, not a side hustle, but a real hobby. Uh, I'm like hitting 40 this year and I still don't have one. So I'm giving advice that I haven't enacted yet. This is the year. Uh, so that's about it. But yeah, if you're interested in learning more about us, uh, go to welldesignstudio.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you if you're, you know, kind of in our market, if you're looking for the full service creative, et cetera. And then if you're a small business or small nonprofit, check out getfeatherlight.com. Um, and uh, we'd love to kind of work with folks. And even if there's, you know, no work there, you just want to reach out and say hello. It's so nice to, to hear from folks. I love that, Tyler. That's a great little bit, you know, a little emotional too to leave us with. You know, I, I appreciate I appreciate that um, you sharing that, you know, the story of, of your son and kind of that the perspective shift. So I, I think this was a great episode. I really appreciate you being on Business Ninjas today. Well, it's such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io. W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E dot I-O and schedule a time to meet with us and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.